This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so glad that you've uh, tuned in today. Why don't you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very interactive edition of Equip. You know, when we talk about the Christmas season, we could talk a lot about uh, celebrating, in particular celebrating within the community of believers. This is a great time to start going to church for the first time or to reconnect with the church if you have somehow been disconnected. But for far too many people, the source and the reason for the disconnection from uh, a local church community has been because they've experienced church hurt. Uh, So I wanted to give uh, time for us to talk to the hearts of those who have experienced church hurt and to talk about this topic. As you guys know, one of the most important events that we hosted all year long was our webinar on church hurt. How do you survive it? How do you survive spiritual abuse, religious trauma, as some would call it, or church hurt as it's uh, more commonly known as? And what is it? Maybe you know what it's like to go through church hurt, uh, be wounded by a pastor, a leader, or even a member of the body of Christ that distances you from the rest of the Christian community. But also, maybe you know what it's like to be the person who caused the hurt. Is there a road to redemption? How do you fix it if you have caused woundedness in somebody else's life? Now, for those of you who have been following the program, you know that a recent uh, study came out that was captured within a book called The Great Dechurching that I highly recommend for you guys to read. But within that book, two sociologists came together to talk about why are people who once went to church no longer going to church? And one of the surprising statistics that came out is that for 37% of them, it's because they've experienced something negative in the community of believers. Another way of saying that is they've experienced some type of church hurt. So I want to talk to you about it. And my hope is healing. My hope is that as we talk through this, we'll only be able to prevent harm, but we'll also be able to see significant healing. When I hosted the webinar, at the top of my list of resources to recommend was a book by Pastor Jerome Gay Jr. He has written a great book by the name Church Hurt holding the church accountable, and helping hurt people heal. Now, a little bit about uh, Pastor Jerome. He is the founder as well as the lead pastor of teaching, preaching, and vision at Vision Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're doing great work in helping to develop believers who are missionally minded, socially conscious, disciple makers, and uh, so grateful for the work he's doing there. He's also an accomplished author himself, and today we feature his book, Church Hurt. Pastor Jerome, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on, man. This is the awesome work you're doing, and I'm grateful to be here. 
Man, I'm so grateful for you, and and I know this is a busy, busy season for pastors. First off, how are the good folks at uh, Vision Church doing? Man, I have the honor of pastoring some of the most wonderful people on this side of eternity, and they're doing great. Uh, We've seen the Lord move in some powerful ways in 2023, and we're really excited as we head into 2024. So uh, our mission is simple, just four words, glorify God, make disciples. And by God's grace, uh, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're seeing that take place. Well, man, you know, I know as a pastor, we all like to think our churches are, if not perfect, just south of perfect. (laughs) And the reality (laughs) is, man, they're made up of human beings and us being included in that bunch. And so whenever you get a group of people together, hurt happens. And uh, I'm so grateful that you wrote this book. Talk a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Why did you feel like the book Church Hurt needed to be written, and who did you write it for? Yeah, well, part of my journey was, at the time, obviously, when I'm going through certain things, uh, I had experienced it, but I didn't put those two words together. But the church where I had trusted Christ at the age of 13 and was a member there for tons of years, you know, went through turmoil when the lead pastor, you know, left his wife for one of his leaders. Um, I then find myself, you know, a college student, saved campus ministry, um, co-leading mm. with a guy. And then the guy I'm leading with does the same similar thing to what my previous pastor had done when I was a wow. teenager. And so I'm wow. constantly finding myself in aspects where people whom I'm trusting to shepherd, uh, shepherd me in a sense and have to give account for my soul based on Hebrews 13, 15, 13, 17 um, uh, are experiencing these the self-inflicted affliction, and I'm seeing how it impacted and disrupted and separated the church. And so I went through that, and then I planted a church in 2010. And what we've seen throughout the years is most of our, what I call transfer growth, there's evangelistic growth where we're leading people who don't know David from Goliath to Christ, but then people who come from other churches, over 60%, Chris, and that is not, we've looked at these numbers, over 60% are coming with severe church hurt. Wow. And so that that I saw, okay, Lord, you're, you're calling us to pastor people who are coming here, and they're coming with the mindset that if this doesn't work, I'm done, which we know isn't good ecclesiology or theology, but we it is understandable. So this is more of an explanation, not an affirmation. I yeah. understood, you know, why they felt that way. And so God had positioned us in place to say, hey, sit, soak, and heal, but you cannot give up on the bride of Christ. And so I've, un, uh, you know, not that I'm proud of this, but, you know, I'm honest in the book. I've been on both sides. Obviously, I've experienced it. But as a pastor, uh, while never intentional, I've also caused church hurt. And so I wanted yeah. to write something from an authentic place to where I've been on both sides of the spectrum and I'm not making excuses for it. But the truth is, Church hurt is unavoidable, but it should not be acceptable. So how do we respond in a way that's gospel-centered and moving people towards healing? One of the unique things about this program is we get a chance to interact with our listeners. And so I do want to open up the phone lines. Maybe you're going through your own journey of church hurt on one side of the coin or the other, as Pastor Jerome just shared. We love to pray with you or maybe even give you counsel on how do I hold on to my faith or even a relationship mm-hmm. with uh, the community of believers while I deal with, honestly, the fact that I have been hurt. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. 
give us a call for yourself or maybe even for somebody that you love that you're watching go through this journey and maybe you're a friend on the side saying, how can I be an intercessor? How can I be helpful as they sojourn through this? Let's just talk about the goal of the book. Is it all summed up in the title? Because the title uh, feels so balanced to me. The subtitle, again, of the book Church Hurt is Holding the Church Accountable and Helping Hurt People Heal. Um, talk about your goal in this. Yeah, that was the goal was we, you know, you you and I both have eyes and ears and we've seen um, countless stories come out where sexual abuse cases were covered up by churches. And so that this gives the church, in a sense, a black eye where people begin to view the church as complicit in abuse and forms of social oppression on people. And so because these things are coming out, I wanted to say, hey, I'm still a part of the church. I refuse to give up on the bride of Christ. I don't believe theologically that's optional, but there is there should be accountability within the body of Christ. So where in a lot of cases, when someone says they have church hurt, they're either ignored or immediately dismissed. I wanted to give credence to say, hey, this is a thing. This is a thing. This yes. is a spiritual, yeah. a spiritual autoimmune disease. Because autoimmune disease, you know, where the body attacks itself, this is what's happening in the church where we are attacking and devouring one another when we refuse to admit or allow our pride, which brings destruction, to admit that we've hurt. So I wanted to bring that accountability piece, but then say, let's not only hold each other accountable to where you acknowledge your hurt and your pain, we got to move you towards healing so that that pain doesn't turn into bitterness to yeah. where you begin to make it about flesh and blood as opposed to a spiritual battle where the enemy wants you to view the church this way so that you will dismiss the bride of Christ as something that's optional. And so yeah. that's what I wanted to do is create that balance to say, hey, we got to hold each other accountable, but there is a path to healing. Not everyone's path going to look the same, but yeah. it is possible. Yeah, and you do a great job of that in the book. And again, I just want to highly recommend if you've never read a book on church hurt, it is important that you do both for your own soul but also uh, because you're going to encounter it with other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, I guarantee that all of us, 100% of us, will encounter this along the way. Now, for me, my story, Pastor Jerome, is that I probably would have never described myself as going through church hurt until um, maybe about five years ago, went through a, a pretty painful experience that caught me off guard and really, really was disorienting for me and my faith journey. But I, the, the question I have for you is, how do we know the difference between what should legitimately fall up under the category of church hurt versus what may be just an interpersonal dispute between two brothers or sisters in Christ that needs to be worked through? Like, what's the difference between that and something that should be officially called church hurt? Yeah, I would always want to direct people to Scripture. And so when we get this view in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 of ought and sin, so if there's a clear violation where Scripture says either you gossiped about someone, you lied about someone, you, weren't, you were intentionally inhospitable towards someone, um, things like that are clearly uh, sinful. And if you're confronted on this and then yet refuse to admit, you know, what you've done to that person, 
then that is inflicting hurt, harm, or pain on someone. It could be in leadership where they're leading in a domineering way. Uh, they're talking down to people. They're condescending. They're verbally assaulting people and hurting people and misusing people to build their own platform. These would be cases where it's clear that this person in spiritual authority or just a member of the church is now hurting someone else. But there is a distinction because the Bible says that the word of God is rueful for reproof and rebuke. So sometimes it's important that we don't mistake rebuke, which is biblical and helps you grow as a believer with church hurt. So if someone is yeah, saying they, they see certain, they see a pattern in your life to where um, you're inconsistent or you don't finish tasks or you make promises you don't keep and they're confronting you about that. That's actually helpful for you. And so we, we should lovingly confront one another um, when we notice certain things about us missing yeah. the mark, uh, whether within the church or just personally in our lives, we're supposed to look out for those things in one another. Scripture tells us to confess our sins to one another that healing may happen. So, uh, so we need to distinguish where is there abuse, there's a refusal to repent, there's a re refusal to admit when one's wrong versus, hey, this person is actually reproving me, they're rebuking me, they're coming in a spirit of humility, they're, they're wanting my best, and it, am I the issue because I don't want to receive this loving rebuke? So it does take some uh, internal reflection and kind of this idea of what David says, you know, search me, O Lord, and know my anxious thoughts, where we're inviting the Holy Spirit to help us distinguish between the two. Let's try to quickly go to a call before our first break. Stefan is listening in Middlefield, Ohio. Stefan, thank you for uh, listening. What's your question today? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you guys, what you're doing. The Lord's doing awesome stuff through you. Um, my question is, I've got a coworker who opened up in vulnerability and said that they're struggling with some church hurt from the Roman Catholic Church. Maybe it's a little bit different of a... Um, topic that you guys are discussing, but it just, you know, I happened to be in the car and caught this and I said, Lord, there's no accidents. And I wanted to see yeah. if maybe you guys had some counsel and wisdom on how I could minister to them and show them grace and kindness and, and the truth sure. of the gospel, but not force it and turn them off in further church hurt. Uh, yeah. He expressed yeah. like a lot of uh, bitterness and resentment towards how he was forced to dress this way, talk this way. And I was trying to sure. explain how no relationship with Christ is that it's a relationship, not rules and regulations. And so, well, let's 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 talk about that, Pastor Jerome. And I think whatever uh, branch of Christianity you find yourself in, hurt happens. So I'm not sure right. if the rules of how to help change. But what would you advise, Stefan? Yeah, I think you know Scripture talks about it's for freedom that Christ has sets us free, and that's this idea of there's the spiritual freedom, but there's also a practical and a social freedom that we see supported in Romans chapter 14. We see that Christ is the fulfillment of the law and that we should not add to it. So I would look at those things and say, is this what God has commanded us to do? Or is this tradition? And if people are forcing tradition on them, then that, that can lead to bondage. And that's, that's what we saw Israel kind of do over and over again. So I would encourage that person just to know that, hey, in Christ, there's a sense of freedom um, where we are restricted by scripture, but we're not we're not to be restricted by traditions and making someone's personal preferences a prescription for others. And so I would hopefully that would be a freeing word for that brother. Yeah, I also want to bless you, Stefan. Why don't you stay on the line? We're going to get you a complimentary copy of Church Heard by Pastor Jerome Gay. One of the best things you can do is just put this helpful resource into your friend's hands and hopefully it leads to healing. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks.
I want to invite you to rediscover your favorite Christmas hymns this season with Born a Child and Yet a King, the Gospel and Carol, an Advent devotional from Nancy DeMoss Wagamu. Spend 31 days tracing the Gospels through your favorite carols and discover anew the awe of Jesus' incarnation. Each day's reading will guide you into deeper intimacy with Christ this Christmas. Request your copy with a gift of any amount. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I want to say thank you to a couple of new friends who have supported the program financially. I want to say thanks to Jacob from Indianapolis, Indiana. Thanks for your generosity. Also, Stacy from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So appreciate you, Stacy. This is a critical time, budgetary time for every ministry you know, because it's during this time of year uh, where so much of our budget is uh, set through the generosity of our friends that support the program, support ministries. And so this is a time where in addition to your local church, you should be asking yourself, what ministries have really ministered to us? And I would ask that you would consider uh, making space in your budget, in your generosity for Equip. Now, as you pray through it, there's two ways for you to support the program. One is to become a monthly partner. And maybe that is the most convenient way for you to do it, to be able to set up an auto gift that says, over the next year, I'd love to be able to support at um, at a particular level. Maybe that's a $30 a month level. That's typical. A dollar a day is what's typical. Or maybe uh, at a $50 a month level or whatever is convenient for you. Now, the other way is to do a one-time gift um, like Jacob, like Stacy uh, just did. So I would love if you would prayerfully consider saying that we will stand with Equip to make sure that the mission continues to equip Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith. Uh, your gift of $100 or $500 or $1,000 or more makes all the difference now. So dial this number, eight seven. I'm sorry, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for all of our guests and the resources that we get a chance to bring you every day. And I hope that we've been a blessing. Looking forward to another exciting year. Go to our website, equipradio.org. Today, Pastor Jerome Gay Jr. joins me. His book, Church Hurt, is um, a must read for the time and season we find ourselves in. Pastor Jerome, I don't, uh, I don't think Church Hurt is new. Uh, but I do think with platforms like social media, we're becoming more and more aware of how broadly Absolutely. it is. And you brought up something earlier, and I'm going to go to the phone lines in just a moment. So if you're on hold, please stay there. We're going to get to you. Um, but you brought up something very important, and that is that it's not a biblical option to walk away. So let's ask the obvious question. Why not just walk away when you've been hurt? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's a fair question. Um, but I, I would remind us, for those of us that have placed saving faith in Christ, and this is not to demean in any way, diminish anyone's pain, but no one, and I mean this, no one has more church hurt than Jesus. And he didn't give up on the church. In fact, he died for it. And so when we think about what Jesus endured from other religious people, 
Peter denied him three times. The disciples fell asleep on him during his most important time of need. He was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. He endured six unjust trials, three Roman and three religious. The Bible says that many false witnesses, some of them Jewish, came forward to testify against him. Yet he still went to and endured the cross for the church, for his bride. And from the perspective of the cross, all of our sin, your sin and my sin, Chris, was in the future, and he still went to the cross. So when we wow. see that commitment from our Savior to an imperfect bride known as the church, it is biblically impossible for us to come to the conclusion that we can walk away when Christ didn't. I am not diminishing the pain and how harmful um, things can happen and, and can be in the church. And you may need to leave a particular church, uh, a local church. But we do not leave the big C, the universal church. We still need to convene with other believers. That's where we're that's echoed in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And so that's that's why when we see Jesus's commitment to his bride and we're called to be Christ like we're called to be imitators of Christ in Ephesians 5. One Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And where does Paul go on his missionary journeys? The synagogue. <laughs> he goes there and then he's going into the marketplace. And so I just think we, we have to come back to that biblical reality that despite her imperfections, the church is still the bride of Christ and that we need each other because there's an interdependence in our walk with Christ. Yeah, so good. Let's go to Tara, who's listening in Florida. Hey, Tara, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your uh, question for Pastor Jerome? Hi, thank you for taking my call. And just earlier, you spoke about um, this is not a flesh and blood war. It's spiritual. And I'm just grateful for that reminder. But I was part of a church and I left. I isolated myself and went. I didn't leave the Capital C Church. I did go to another church and felt led to go back to my old church. And so I'm recently have come back there. But I've experienced the same hurt recently that I experienced the last time, and I'm not sure how to navigate it. Well, Tara, thank you for being vulnerable and authentic and sharing that. Um, I guess I would ask, is, is there opportunities or access to the eldership, the leaders of that church, to want to maybe deal with a potential? Again, I don't know this church. You know more details than me. Uh, does, that se does there seem to be an openness to actually converse with you to possibly address the issue? I've talked to them about, I talked to the the pastor of the campus about it mm -hmm. um, before I did come back because I wanted to clear the air and everything. Um, but that, it has happened again. And so now I'm just don't know my next step. If I go back to him and tell him, you know, this yeah. happened again, you know, but it's just, yeah. So one of the things I do in the book tears, I talk about the different types of church hurt. So that's personal, where it's just believer to believer, but then there's structural. And again, I, I don't want to just automatically kind of label this church, but I'm, I'm just trying to respond with limited in information. This seems like this could potentially be a structural church hurt uh, situation where the leadership, the structure, the culture of the leadership is more... Um, more maybe somewhat dismissive or there's acknowledgement without actually addressing. And if that's the case, if there's consistent unaddressing of these issues, then you need to pray about your next move just for a place that's going to be spiritually safe, but also emotionally and mentally safe. There's nothing wrong with looking out. Um, you know, if you read Peter Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, we cannot separate our emotional and, and physical and mental health from our spiritual growth. 
And so if this is getting in the way of that, just pray to God about what those next steps may be. And it may be potentially to leave again so that you're in a better place so that you can hear the word. Because when you're constantly going back and these things are still unaddressed, it's hard for you to grow spiritually. And so this sounds like this could be a structural church hurt situation. I think you need to kind of pray about which if your next move may be actually to physically move again. I want to pray for you, Tara. Also, uh, as I said earlier um, uh, to Stefan, I want to give you a copy of Pastor Jerome Gay's book, Church Hurt, so that you can have uh, even more insight, even more wisdom on how do I navigate this difficult situation? We're limited in time here, but the book will be so helpful for you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you know Tara, you see her, you love her, and uh, Jesus, you you laid down your life so that she might know freedom and healing in Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray that for her. I pray that you would intervene, that this situation would be reconciled, that there would be both accountability and healing. I pray that wherever she needs wisdom and insights, that you would give it to her, Lord, uh, so that she can walk more wisely before you. But where repentance is needed, may there be repentance. And where forgiveness is needed, may there be forgiveness. Bless Tara, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Uh, Tara, you stay on the line. Our producer gets your information. She'll send you a copy of Pastor Jerome Gay's book, Church Hurt. For the rest of you, I want to encourage you to go to our website, find out more about our guest and about the resource. And if you go to the website, just simply click on the program details. Then you'll see a plus sign right up under those details. You click on that plus sign and an image of the book will come up. You click on the book and there'll be ordering information there on how you can get your copy of Church Hurt, holding the church accountable and helping hurt people heal. We want to help you to heal, so we want you to stick and stay. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a great day it is to celebrate all of God's goodness, all that he's doing in your life, but also to take on one of the most important issues within the church today. How do we help men and women, believers in Christ, overcome church hurt? It's a pervasive uh, issue. It's something that is getting more and more attention. And I'm so grateful for resources like Pastor Jerome Gay Jr., who's written a wonderful book, Church Hurt, Holding the Church Accountable and Helping Hurt People Heal. We're going to talk more about the book and go to your calls in just a moment. But before we do, let me just again encourage your generosity today as we get ready to end the year. I'm amazed at how many people have been uh, so generous in partnership to the program, and I'm so grateful for it. But I would ask that you would continue to stand with us as we end this year. We want to finish the year strong with this uh, testimony of both spiritual impact as well as good stewardship. Your generosity enables that to happen. So can you call today to give a gift uh, today as we end the year your most generous year-end tax-deductible gift makes all the difference. The phone number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. 
Pastor Jerome Gay Jr. is the pastor of uh, Vision Church there in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you're in that area, uh, stop by and check them out. Uh, pastor Jerome, one of the things that I love about your book is that you deal with something that I don't know I've read other books deal with, and that is the fact that leaders can be hurt too. Why was Absolutely. it important to you to include a section of your book on how pastors get hurt? Yeah, I think a, a lot of times within the church space, and I don't think this is always intentional, but though sometimes it is, I think people forget that pastors and leaders are members of the body as well. And so they can begin to define us by, by our title and remove our humanity and not realizing that in addition to leading the church, we're experiencing things. We have grandmothers that are sick and, and, and get cancer. We, we have children that sometimes go wayward. We have challenges outside of the church. And so uh, when you're viewed as more of a, a title and you're viewed as a just a, a talking head who inspires me and sermons are treated more like an energy drink as opposed to being declared the word of God, then people, um, the leaders can experience church hurt. So what I do is I kind of just take people on a journey of from waking up into several challenges, text messages, things that can happen to a pastor right before preaching that message. And so the goal, though, was for people to get an under the hood look at what some of the things pastors experience so that both the pastors and the members can show compassion to one another. We are all under Christ and Christ is the head, not the pastor. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. And so I wanted them to get that. So in hope, hopes that there can be more compassion and care on both sides. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. And uh, I hope that for people who are not pastors who are listening to this, that you're praying for your pastor, that you're not seeing your pastor just as someone to uh, serve your needs physically, spiritually, right. uh, but you're seeing them as a as a member of the body of Christ as well. Uh, pastor Jerome, I don't know of anything that hurts more from a pastoral perspective, maybe two things. One is when you heavily invest into the life of someone who um, chooses sin over following Christ. Uh, that's right. painful. And then the other is when people leave without communicating. Uh, that's yeah, super man. painful as well. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I just want to say to all the pastors who are out there that maybe you've been living with your own pain and having to minister out of your own pain let me just say, Pastor Jerome, as a pastor, understands that. He gets that. And this book would be so powerful for you as well to get healing. Because, Pastor Jerome, it's hard to minister when you're hurting yourself. But yet, that's what so many pastors are being asked to do. Let's just talk about, with our time left, some steps you would recommend for getting healing, to, to bring healing. And I ask that in the broadest sense of the word because I recognize it is somewhat situationally dependent. But in general, what are some steps you want to encourage people to take to uh, experience healing after hurt? Yeah, I think, well, well, obviously, so I want to talk to both sides. So if you are the offender and you have hurt someone, I lay out five Bs that I think are important in seeking the forgiveness of the person that you've hurt. And so the first one is, uh, first B is not to bury 
don't attempt to act like the offense didn't happen and just try to think it'll just mull over with time. The second B is not to blame. Uh, this makes the person that you hurt actually responsible for the hurt that you caused them. So we don't want to bury an act like it didn't happen, but then we don't want to acknowledge it, but then blame the person for why we hurt them. Number three, we don't want to bargain. Uh, this attempts to lessen the impact when we're trying to make someone's pain and emotions a bargaining tool. Number four, don't bribe. Uh, this is this attempts to pay for healing, which is just like crisis paid for that. We can't buy someone's healing. And then number five is don't beat. And what I mean by that is don't attempt to rush or force the healing of another person. Too often within the church, the offender has a plan of restoration, but we don't have a victim recovery plan. And so the person who's been hurt ha has now been rushed to try to heal. So what do you do when seeking forgiveness? Four A's for you. Number one, admit your guilt to God and to the person that you've hurt. Accept responsibility for your actions without uh, a million and one disclaimers. Own it and then let's move towards it. Ask the person for your forgiveness, uh, realizing that it does take two for reconciliation to happen. But reconciliation is impossible without confrontation. So we must confront what caused the impasse in the first place first place. Then number four, allow the person time to process their pain. Um, mm. Because I, I, again, Chris, I think we, we just kind of rush this. And one of the ways we really hurt people is this idea of automatic forgiveness, which actually can compound church hurt and abuse. I want to read this a uh, quick quote. I know we're pressed for time, but Chris sure. Bronze wrote a book called Unpacking Forgiveness. And he talks about the danger and he's not advocating bitterness, neither, neither am I. But when we just automatically forgive, forgive without allowing repentance or acknowledgement of wrong, we actually enable sin and we continue mm. to hurt. So he says this. He says, contrary to the conventional understanding, I believe that the notion of automatic forgiveness itself fosters bitterness. We are created with the standard of justice written on our hearts. When we forgive someone who is not repentant, we are acting in, an in a way that is unjust. Deep down, we are saying that forgiveness must sometimes happen at the expense of justice. So that's a powerful quote so that when we talk about this road, go through those five B's if you're the offender, also those five A's. And then if you are the person that's been hurt, don't allow people to, to force you or to hit fast forward on your healing. Take mm. your time to process, but keep a posture of forgiveness and a posture of reconciliation. But allow Lord, allow the Lord to give you the time you need to heal. Does that change? You talked about the difference between personal and structural. Does that mm -hmm. change depending on if it's a personal hurt, person to person versus an institutional or structural hurt? I would say it stays the same, but I think the, the impact can be different. Usually uh, it hurt from a member from in my experience. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't still hurt. But people tend to be even more devastated when it comes from leadership. So the, the issue with structural, like when we were talking to Tara, is I was asking, hey, if, if the system or the leader or the eldership are not showing repentance or not wanting to move towards reconciliation, then you're, you're probably not going to be able to go through those five B's or those four A's because there's an institutional problem. We tend to see more success. And by success, I mean reconciliation when it's just one believer to another versus when it's structural hurt. Yeah, I think that what you just laid out is so important. And yeah, I think that it covers so broadly, both when I'm disappointed on a personal level 
as well mm-hmm. as what we see played out where it is structural and it's an institutionalized thing. And I just think that so often my advice to church leaders is that we take seriously this this issue and we need to address it. And maybe you've never even done a sermon on it, let alone laid out a pathway for addressing and dealing with it. Part of my hope, Pastor Jerome, in having you join me today is to resource pastors and churches because I think about my time in seminary. You've been to seminary as well. Um, I, I didn't take a class on church hurt. I didn't take right. any any. Uh, I didn't I didn't have any books or instructors who said this is what you're going to encounter and this is how you deal with it. So so often when we encounter it, we're ill-equipped to be able to deal with it, and no wonder pain just seems to multiply. So pastors, I'm going to encourage you, if you're on an elder team, leadership team, pastoral team, or just staff members, get Pastor Jerome Gay's uh, book, uh, Church Hurt, and encourage as a leadership team, as a staff team, let's read this together so that we can have a game plan so that Satan will not outwit us. How do you reconstruct your faith after Church Hurt? And maybe you've deconstructed We're going to land our plane there next up with Pastor Jerome Gay on Equip. As the year comes to a close here at Equip, we've seen so many lives change through our daily communication of the gospel. Help us to expand our reach by giving a year-end gift. Now, I know that some of you can afford to give gifts of $100 or $500 or even $1,000, and we thank you for your partnership. Really, any amount will help us in our mission to promote the gospel. Together, we can reach the world. Make a difference with a year-end gift today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I hope that you have gone to our website to get a copy of Church Hurt, uh, Pastor Jerome Gay. Uh, Definitely before we end this program, I'm going to give you more instructions on how to do that. But Pastor Jerome, one of the big conversations, as you know, of our time is deconstruction. When someone is um, literally dismantling tenant by tenant their faith, what they did believe, and oftentimes leading to a total denial of Christ as Lord, a total uh, um, dismissal of their belief in Christianity. But for some, there can be reconstruction after deconstruction. So for those who have deconstructed or are deconstructing as a result of church hurt, what wisdom do you give on how to land at a healthy place? Yeah, so I think there are three elements to deconstruction. And so the person that has deconstructed or is in the process of deconstructing, they need to really look at these. In the book, I have these kind of three concentric circles. So the first one is just low discipleship. When you have low discipleship, church hurt, and then the third component of other ideas or other spiritualities and other ideologies that's kind of the perfect storm for someone to deconstruct their faith. And I want them to look and say, which one of those three has contributed the most? Was I really being discipled as a church or was it just more of a Sunday thing? 
are these other ideologies intriguing to me? And if so, are they intriguing to me because the people at the church are hurting me? So first you want to kind of step back and let's look at which one of these three, and it's most time, most likely it's all three, but which one is kind of standing out the most? And if it's church hurt, then um, try to seek reconciliation. And for the church, for those of us that are leaders, I think we need to apply the acronym of CARE. Uh, so the C is for compassion. We need to listen to the stories of others. Um, the A is for approaching people without ulterior motives. Too often when per that person who is deconstructing, uh, they come to a believer and the first thing they say is, well, my church isn't like that. So they, they go on this sales pitch on their church as opposed to actually hearing and processing that person's pain. So compassion approach, the, the R is responding, responding with grace, responding with empathy. And then the E is for empathy, realizing that we could be in their shoes. And so I think we, we wanna ask that person to kind of step back and then look at those things and be open to the fact that perhaps what you're deconstructing from, your issue is with Christians and not actually with Christ. That's what I found, Chris. A lot of people, their issue is a Christian who mm. is not representing Christ well. So it's yeah. not really a theological issue. It's a relational issue. And so once you begin to deduce, you can now say, hold on, I'm, I'm not going to walk away from the God of all creation because of this person. John yeah. 3 is actually a beautiful example of what I call constructive deconstruction. Because Nicodemus has this way of viewing religion and we, what we would call the church and faith. And Jesus completely deconstructs his world, his religious worldview to present him this idea of being born again. And perhaps you may be watching or listening and you need to take that same journey of won't you honestly assess what's is your issue actually with Christ? Is it a theological issue or is it really a social and relational issue? And I want to challenge you not to walk away from the eternal based on the temple and the relational, but actually assess and, and begin to process your pain. Allow yourself to get some, I would, I would call for good Christian therapy so that you can yeah. begin to process this. And this will put you on the road towards healing. Yeah, you brought up that therapy word and I'm so glad you did. We need to appreciate Christian counselors in the body of Christ, yes. the Amen. importance of therapy. I know I've been, uh, for the last uh, five years or so since my son passed away, going through grief counseling. Mm -hmm. And I often will say that our grief counselor has really been one of the key tools God has used to help us to maintain faith and to even go through, grow through grief. And so I'm a huge advocate, as many are, of um, and if you've been through hurt, to go through counseling so that you can properly process. But one point we didn't get a chance to hit is how expectations play into this. It seems mm -hmm. that one of the things your, your book highlights is we also need to check our own expectations because it seems to me, Pastor Jerome, that so many of our hearts just simply come because we had the wrong or inappropriate expectations in the first place. Absolutely. Um, I, I talked about that, especially in the chapter on pastor hurt, but it, it doesn't only apply there because, you know, sometimes, you know, people have an expectation that is not communicated. And the expectation when it finally is communicated, it's communicated when I failed you, but I didn't know that I was under that standard to begin with. And so it's important that we begin to ask questions on the front end 
one of the things I've learned to do as a leader, um, especially when I'm onboarding new uh, new staff and new leaders, is my first question is, you know, what do you what are your expectants? Uh, what do you expect from this relationship? Um, because I want them to begin to open up. Um, what do you expect from me? I asked them, how do you handle pro how do you handle criticism? Are you an internal processor or do you kind of talk out loud? Do you retreat? Do you fight? What, what, where are you with this? Because now we're, we're able to be authentic because yeah. there will be a disagreement. There's, I'm, I'm going to fail you. You may disappoint or, or fail me, but we don't leave the relationship. And so I just think it's so important um, that we communicate, we ask questions, and we, we can't communicate everything. But if we can begin to talk about what we think we may be expecting in that moment and how we operate in relationships, then it'll help us to stay unified when conflict happens. And notice what I said, Chris, not if, but yeah, when, when conflict, when conflict yeah. happens, we're able to do what Paul writes in Ephesians, fight for the unity of the faith. Yeah. And that's something that we need to fight for. Right quick, three, three quick things that I just think so important uh, for people who are on that road that I think will help them. Number one, if you're you're in this now or you're potentially deconstruction, deconstructing, when God is your problem, because you feel like the church has failed you or possibly even God, I want to encourage you to go to God with your problems. That's what you yes. see in the Psalms. You see yes. Asaph complaining to God about God. And it's in the Psalms. Read Psalm 73. Read Psalm 77. Number two, grief can be a guide when you confront it. Grief can actually be a guide for you when you begin to confront what's causing your grief. Number three, be uncensored with God. In theology, Chris knows about this. We call them imprecatory psalms. Um, I'm not encouraging to pray revenge, but they're in there for a reason to show us the uncensored nature that these people have in their relationship with God. Be uncensored with God with about what you're feeling. Two more. Remember that you are redeemed. If you're a believer, you're redeemed. And so this hurtful thing does not define you, it can refine you. And lastly, remember remember God's faithfulness. God will send you to a healthy community of faith. God is going to speak to you through his word, by his spirit, but it's going to be through people. So don't give up on relationships. Don't give up on the body of Christ. There's hope for you, and you can heal on the other side of your hurt. That's Jerome Gay Jr. You are a gift to the body. Uh, so grateful for you, for your ministry and everything uh, that I hoped out of this conversation, uh, just every box is checked because if folks want to experience healing, if pastors want to have a culture of accountability, all of it is there. Pick up the book as well. Father, we pray for Pastor Jerome, pray for his family. We ask that you would bless them in this season and in the days ahead. Bless Vision Church as well. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thanks, Pastor Jerome, for all of you. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. Until we're together again, uh, remember, Equip is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Biteable Institute.